welcome to Lockdown Music with me, your host, Sam Sinclair. In today's episode, I'll be diving into the musical history of my current haunt, Derbyshire, as well as talking to one of the artists, Connor Pearson, who is a face on the scene today. We'll be discussing the various trials and tribulations of being an artist at the moment, the things he's been up to, and how he thinks local music scenes will look after this is all blown over. Thank you very much for joining us today. I hope you enjoy the show. Derby, Derbyshire, Derbados, whatever you may call it, it certainly has a history. From the world's first factory to the character design for Lara Croft, Derbyshire is certainly more than a mere footnote in the history of the United Kingdom. But we're not here to talk about the history of Derbyshire today. We're not in the traditional sense anyway. Today I'm going to tell you about Derbyshire's musical history. I'd started researching this a few weeks before I decided to create the podcast, as I'd read that Joy Division had played the Assembly Rooms in 1979. The Assembly Rooms, of course, being the venue that sadly burned down in 2014, and a place that I believe, after much research, is absolutely essential in both the musical history and musical future of the city. Unlike today, Derbyshire used to be a regular stop with touring bands, and it had its fair share of decade-defining artists walking through its often rainy streets before taking to various stages to play their hearts out and share their souls for a few hours with adoring fans. I have a list before me now of just a few of these artists, all of which have affected my life in one way or another. They include, but are not limited to, the Rolling Stones, the Yardbirds, the Who, the Sex Pistols, Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers, the Jam, Joy Division, Susie and the Banshees, the Boomtown Rats, the Smiths, Oasis, and of course, The Fall. Today, however, Derbyshire's music scene, instead of consisting of touring bands, is much more homegrown. During the months leading up to lockdown, it seems like new open mics were springing up every single week at various pubs and bars, and it was entirely possible to head out every single night and be greeted by various familiar faces of the scene, such as Dorothy Ella, Mikey J, Geordie Baines, and of course, today's guest, Connor Pearson. Derby is rife with up-and-coming musicians, and there is a lot of potential. It is entirely possible, in the next five years, it'll be them touring the country, and playing to thousands, whether it be as frontmen, lead guitar players, or otherwise. And now to my interview with Connor Pearson. I met Connor just over a year ago, when I saw him play at the Carnero Lounge, an open mic often frequented by the faces of the Derby scene. Just a little disclaimer for you, this interview was recorded on Skype, so it's a little loud on my end and a little quiet on his, but hopefully that doesn't hinder your enjoyment too much. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoy. How are you, my friend? I'm doing very well. I'm very well, thank you. Brilliant. Right, so today I've just got a few questions for you, if that's all right. That's cool. First of all, how are you finding life indoors? Uh, Life indoors, it's okay at the minute. Um, There's... um... Like I said last time on the on on the post or on the podcast, even like you know, I was doing my sort of hour runs sort of thing and just trying to keep calm. And it's still that, but um, in terms of myself indoors, it, it's it's okay to be fair. Um, just doing covers every day and just posting those and really seeing what I can do with that. Yeah, that would be the uh, quarantines on uh, Instagram, wouldn't it? 
Mm-hmm, that's right. Cover every single day. Mm-hmm, um, absolutely. And how have you been uh, keeping busy? So I'm obviously including quarantines in this, the covers and everything, but otherwise, how have you been keeping busy during lockdown? Um, well, I've just uh, been doing live streams as well as the covers. I've been trying to write my own stuff, but it's more ideas than actual songs. More yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Mm, yeah, it's more. It's just one of those. You get a lot of demos, but nothing done really. I know, I know. and I always find that quite difficult writing in general. But Have like, you been working with anyone else? Pardon? Have you been working with anyone else over the internet? Because I've uh, had a few mates of mine. So, say they play bass or drums or something, kind of be like, hey, if you've got a demo or a track and you want to send it over, and we can work mm-hmm. on it together. Because uh, I want you working with um, Mikey J before lockdown started. Yeah, I, w- I was working with uh, a friend of mine, Mikey J. Um, but, like, he's he's been, because he's a carer, you see. So, he's obviously been working on basically on the front line. Um, and uh, for anyone listening. Also- is uh, Mikey J also a one of the faces of the Derbyshire scene alongside Connor, always out, always performing? But I did not know that he was on the front line. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, he's not uh, like he's in the he's in the care house or homes, look, you know, looking after the elderly. But like he's obviously been stressful as well. So uh, I've just been more talking to him, chatting to him, you know, like just as casual mates sort of thing, rather than you know stressing him out with. With yeah, uh, oh, let, let's yeah, write a song, sort of thing. Yeah. On um on writing songs and working with people and everything, do you think lockdowns had any effect on your output creatively? In all honesty, I felt I thought I I felt I had quite a bit of a routine, like before lockdown, in terms of oh yeah, like if I try and work on this for an hour, maybe something will come out. But like during lockdown, it's been quite difficult in terms of getting really motivated to actually um write for some reason like i have yeah. all this it's strange because i have all the time and basically in the world but i can't seem to deliver like <laughs> i've heard this exact thing from a lot of musicians whether it be mates of mine as well or stuff out of q magazine that no one wants to write about lockdown because mm. it's just Yes, everyone's going through it, and it might be retrospectively mentioned in songs that come out after lockdown. But when you're in lockdown, you don't want to write about what's happening right now because it's boring. Yeah, that's right. I get, I get why some people get inspiration from it. Like, uh, yeah, Jordy Baines, he wrote a, a song basically about uh, quarantine, um, and probably I think about the government and stuff like that, how they've dealt with it. I'll but, definitely um, keep an eye out for that. And again, for anyone listening, Geordie Baines, yet another face in the Derby music scene. And it's a, it's a bit of a shame that, of course, everything's been put to a stop at the minute as far as live music is concerned. And on that note, actually, um, do you think live music will be affected after this is all over? So, you know, gigs and festivals and stuff like that. To be honest, I don't really know now because... I've seen a lot in flying across Facebook, and I know it's I know it's Facebook. There's plenty of fake news like flying about. But yeah, like, um, Facebook is not the one for reputable news sources. I'll tell you that now. Yeah, but like I, I keep seeing a lot of stuff about how um you know in terms of music venues being closed. Obviously, like the the venue in Derby, for example, I've seen that they they had um. They had a, a fundraiser to raise about ten grand in order to keep ooh, in order to keep it going. Um, you know, and 
you just think to yourself, blimey, like, you know, it's, 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 it's been really tough on a lot of the venues for sure. The thing is as well, the way that I look at it, that um, obviously now I think, I think it is quite a good time to release music, even though I'm a bit hypocritical and I haven't, re- I haven't released anything simply because I haven't recorded any um, as of yet. But um, the good thing as well is I've came into contact with a lot of new producers and people that have obviously seen all the covers and they're, they're like, oh, have you got any songs written? And should, we should come and record with us. So, you know, I've had there stuff you go. like that. And I, expecting some uh, new releases from Connor Pearson when lockdown's over. I've had that side of things, but I think the way that I see it is that if you're already quite an established artist, Obviously, you could say, all right, Ed Sheeran, yeah, he's going to be okay, simply because he's got albums out, he's doing well. And even though he's not touring, his online sales are still going to be pretty good. Whereas if you're, say, like an artist or like a a music cover person like myself who relies quite heavily on on gigs, um, it's it's quite a struggle, um, for sure, because obviously it it was one of my main incomes alongside my part-time jobs. I was just on off what you've just said. Do you think that lockdown's going to kind of lead to you maybe releasing more of your own music, kind of getting stuff up there, just to have more sources of income? So you know, gigging, part-time job, and then whatever you get from streams. Mm, I reckon, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I reckon that probably as soon as I go back into Derby area, like it, everything will just sort of hit me. Because I'm like, even though I've walked past the place as many times, I'll look, I'll look at it now. I'll, pro- I'll probably go go into Derby and look at it and go, behind me, like, I completely forgot about this. And so, you know, I'll be hit with all this new um, stimuli. I'll, you yeah. know, I'll see things in a different perspective and then obviously I'll write differently. And, it's you know, hopefully It's nostalgia almost. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I know what you mean by, like, like, working with others and stuff like that. Like, I'd, like... I love those opportunities to come up because uh, as a guitarist, you know, what well, I, I believe, uh, you know, guitarists are quite um, versatile in the sense, you know, well, I feel like I know my way around the guitar in terms of music theory and stuff like that. So as I'd, lo- I'd love to do definitely like the session work side of things as well as my own stuff, because, you know, like, like I said, with the new stimuli of actually working with people in the studio and, you know, I, I, after seven years of playing guitar, both electric and acoustic, uh, you know, I feel I feel as though I've reached a point where I can be there, like, you know, that I, I'm quite competent and I feel like I could go into a studio area and, and really, um, you know, work, not only work on my craft, but work with others and make connections and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, it's, a brilliant, it's a brilliant skill to have, I think. When you're approaching a studio session, it's really about kind of leaving any ego you've got at the door and just relying solely on what you've got, what you can do. And I think it is a skill to kind of have to, it's a skill to hone. That's that's the thing, because especially when it comes to recording, I feel like the, if you're able to, say, do a lot of the stuff say I'm doing, where it's, it's literally going up on stage and just jamming, there's plenty of other musicians that, you know, countless names and stuff like that, and there's and to be fair, there's other respectable guitarists as well. I know that Kev Andrews is, he's obviously one of the a great, a fantastic uh, flamenco and um, like Spanish guitarist. You know, even well in most areas of guitar really, but the one I've mainly seen him play is obviously the flamenco and the Spanish guitar sort of vibes. But like 
work if you're able just to basically get up get up on stage and like own the space that you have but not overtake the artist then i feel like you've hit a right balance got the right amount of ingredients you've not got too much ego where it's like yeah look at this solo uh, let me just rip into this wicked lick that i've learned um you know it's it's about respecting the artist and respecting the song and what it requires and i feel like if you're able to do that on the spot live improvising you you you've got it that that's my and now we're going to take a brief break and hear a word from our sponsor. Today, Lockdown Music is brought to you by Commando Dad, the book series by Neil Sinclair, also known as My Dad. So, in one way or another, all of Lockdown Music is brought to you by Neil Sinclair. Here's a word from him now about the series. Hi there, guys. It's uh, Neil Sinclair here, um, also known as um, Commando Dad and also Samuel's Dad. I'm here today to talk about my new book, which is going to be coming out on the 3rd of September, Commando Dad, the cookbook. And basically what it is, it's about um, getting dads up to speed with all sorts of skills like um, the knife skills and the preparation, but also getting the kids involved as well. They're going to learn how to do basic meals, how to shop smart, how to look after a budget, how to make nutritious meals for the whole unit, and then even where you can get outside and you can cook outdoors. And you've got a series of commanded ad books, which is all about preparation and planning from, from basic training, the first three years of, um, of your kid, to mission adventure, which is getting out and about with your kids and doing all sorts of activities. Activities. It would be absolutely fantastic if you can check it out. www.commandodad.com is where you can find out all about it. If you know of anyone who um, wants to get in the kitchen with their kids or is um, going to be a father pretty soon, check out Commando Dad. Okay, hope this has been useful, guys, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much for that. That was Commando Dad, and you can find his books, blog posts, and more all at www.commandodad.com. And now, back to our interview with Connor. I mean, yeah. what, what do you think? Because, of course, we're now rattling off names of uh, Darby's <laughs> current music scene. Darby's got quite... I've done a lot of research on this recently, just for the podcast's sake, as well as personal interest. Darby's got quite a backlog of famous musicians that have played um whether a lot of the venues now have been you know turned into other things like uh i think it was zanzibar that got turned into the cosmo or the assembly rooms which sadly burned down in 2014 but i mean oh, yeah. what do you, think, do you think darby's musical future has got as much potential as it's past um i feel like there's probably the same if not more talent i feel like a lot more could emerge from it if people really push themselves and really like i I know i've seen firsthand like there's so many musicians in the derby area where i just you look at them and you just go like wow like like even before you've listened like you you, sometimes they have a fantastic image i mean when um when do you think you're gonna be comfortable performing again because i was thinking about this recently with lockdown being eased now and for anyone listening that wants a bit of a reference from when this is recorded it's friday the 29th of may lockdown's gradually being eased barbecues are allowed again in a few days (laughs) and uh 
talking again about when I'm going to pick up busking or live performing again. So yeah, when when do you think you're going to be comfortable performing mm. again, mate? Well, personally, I'm. I feel like I'm. I'm more than happy to go out and perform now. Like I'm more than happy to to go out and do it. Um, but I I feel like that. I'm more concerned about the people who say put on the gig, you know, the music venues and the clubs and bars. I, I feel like they'll have a more worrying aspect to it because obviously they've been shut for God knows how long. I think it might be two to three months now. Um, I could be wrong, but um, it's yeah, uh, about two months. Two months, yeah. So, like, obviously, two months of money that they could have earned is gone. They're going into their reserves if they have any. And, you know, some could be shutting down. Some could be, you know, we'll have to give it three months because, you know, we need to build our money back up. Um, so some could be thinking, you know, do we really want this many people packed in one area if we've got a musician going on? Yeah, you know? it does raise questions like that. I mean, smaller venues that put on um, musicians in Derby, such as the Carnera Lounge or the Blacksmith Lounge, I don't think they're going to be able really to put on artists for a while i think that's a really interesting point you've made there because where so a few artists so say you dorothy ella are like quite a draw quite a few people will come it'll be making money on the bar and it will be busier than it is on a regular night but um say bunk which is still an amazing open mic which had a paid slot at the beginning that was a formula that they'd started trying out a few months before lockdown started um uh, i don't think they're really gonna be able to do it for a while because the point of that paid slot was to give a lot of musicians their first gig as well as give other well-known derby ones kind of a semi-reliable slot every few weeks so yeah yeah, that's a really interesting point you've made there Mm. um do you think actually there's going to be a resurgence of new musicians after the lockdown and more you know instrument sales whether they be guitars basses or otherwise yeah i I feel like they'll definitely be um, more musicians emerging. I know that I've, I remember speaking to one of the people, one of the, um, I want to say Luffy's, one of the guitar um, uh, fixers. I've obviously sp- spoken to some of them and they said, you know, at the start of the lockdown, you know, they've had quite an influx of sales because people like thought, oh, we're going to be in lockdown, you know, we need something to do. So I, f- I feel like there'll be definitely more musicians coming out of this. Just for, again, for anyone listening, even if you've just started, if you can bang out a few chords, when lockdown's over, when things are safe again, get straight down to your local open mic or wherever you can and just start playing because there is no better place to cut your teeth than live performance. Tell you now. Yeah, absolutely. With newcomers, it's it's going to be hard for sure. But like, you're going to do bad gigs. You got you. I've done those. <laughs> uh, I'm still doing them now. Oh, wow. You know, like, even with the live streams, you know, some of them have been hit and miss for me, you know. and But that's something you got to constantly work through and work on. You know, you, you've got to go through your bad gigs. You know, you everyone, even the top dogs have them. You know, it, like, the Ed Sheeran's, the Beyonce's, the Sam Smith's. Failure know. is, I'm, as I'm sure everyone knows, part of life. Mm, a really pity person that's never had a bad gig because it is, it's a lesson. And yeah. it's not something to be scared of. It's something to endure, learn from, and just move on. Yeah, and that—that's the mindset that you should—you should have. Obviously, most of the time, 
it is quite difficult to uphold that that idea in your mind of you know if you know it's okay to fail because I feel like just in general the, the the idea of failure is obviously quite negative but yeah um I I think if we move away from the fact that oh failure is bad you know failure is it is it can be bad depending on the situation something random like you you sang really off in the pre-chorus or you sang or you missed a note on your lead guitar or something you know you're gonna get stuff like that you're gonna get bad moments but you that's all part of the process it is it's part of the great journey (laughs) i wouldn't want to see someone that never makes mistakes i mean one example i've been thinking about quite a lot recently is you see johnny marr quite a lot in interviews and um when he's got his guitar and they'll ask him to you know rattle off a few riffs and i'll play this charming man and he'll mess up a little bit or he'll get an off note and that, to me, is just so humanising because you've got Johnny Marr, this ethereal guitar god that's been respected since, like, the early 80s. And to see him mess up a note, I'm sure he doesn't know this, but it is absolutely lovely just yeah. to have that humanising little moment where it's like, I've messed up that exact same note on this charming man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mistakes are part of life as well as music, definitely live performance. Well, I think I'm going to call that a wrap, mate. So thank you very much uh-huh. for joining me no. today. I tell you, everyone, I've fought tooth and nail to get him on here. We've, we've uh-huh. This is the third try now. This is third and final recording. Hey. And I'm sure he is as relieved as I am. I've, uh, I've enjoyed this. So it's been really good. It's been good to hear from you, mate. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Anytime. And everyone at home, Connor Pearson underscore music on Instagram. Give mm-hmm. him a follow. See what he's doing. Quarantines currently one video a day. Maybe changing the schedule coming up. Thank you very much, Mel. Talk to you in a while. No worries. You take Cheers. it easy. That's all for lockdown music today. A big thank you to Connor Pearson for coming on the show. Make sure to check him out on Instagram at ConnorPearson underscore music. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please feel free to share it and join us next time if there is one. Thank you very much. I've been Sam Sinclair and you've been listening to Lockdown Music.